What's up, fam? It's your girl, Yvonne, and welcome to another amazing episode of the Authorized Move Podcast. Guys, the Authorized Move podcast is your spot for authentic, relevant, practical wisdom that you can apply to your everyday life. I'm super excited about this episode. Um, and joining me on this episode is the hostess with the mostest, well, the co-hostess rather, with the mostest. <laughs> What's up, Nate? What's going on, Yvonne? How you doing? I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing pretty good. Uh, it's been a, a really good weekend. Uh, yesterday we went to the Garlic Fest in uh, Lake Worth. It was wonderful. <laughs> I had garlic everything. You had you had literally garlic, garlic everything. Everything. Um, it's a good thing we married. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> that breath. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty. It was pretty rough. Uh, yeah. But it was good at the same time. It was wonderful. So it's, everything is good. I'm I'm enjoying enjoying uh, life. <laughs> Well, that's good. Because <laughs> being, being that we married, if you weren't enjoying life, I'd be like, well, what's up with that? What you trying to say? Yeah. You took me out of the house yesterday. That was nice. That was sweet of you. You know, I got to let you out every once in a while. <laughs> Guys, today I am super excited about this episode. As you can see, we're already having fun here. And that's because we are in the home of an amazing amazing friend that we both have uh we've known katina for at least between eight years ten years something like that and she has been instrumental an instrumental part of our life she is an amazing uh wife she has been married for 25 years to the same man mm -hmm. not multiple <laughs> just one <laughs> she's also a lc L lcsw and that's a licensed clinical social worker she's been doing that work for about 19 years here in the south florida area and she also pastors true gospel fellowship church with her husband richard so everybody please welcome to the podcast pastor to some <laughs> pastor to some and then katina thompson to others welcome to the podcast hi everybody Yay. thanks for having me yes i couldn't i couldn't think of, of any uh a, a better guest that i could have on the program and I, I wanted to get you on before we jump into the subject just first of all because you're a dope individual <laughs> <laughs> and I like having dope individuals on the, on the podcast. Okay. Um, and so we just want to say thank you first because, guys, uh, we are in the home of, of Katina and Richard Thompson. They've invited the podcast into their home. And it's a beautiful space. The sun is shining. We're sitting here at the table. And so um, one thing that I'm excited about this episode is that we just get to chop it up and, and give our listeners a, a small little glimpse into our our conversations that we've been uh that i've had the pleasure of having i've had the pleasure of having some pretty great life-changing conversations with this woman and so i'm um, i'm so glad that the listeners can just eavesdrop 
in on 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 some of our conversations. So how you doing, Pastor Katina? Welcome to the podcast. <laughs> Do you want me to call you Pastor Katina or is Katina good? Whichever you prefer. I, I feel like that's matter. I feel like that's kind of calling like you know I hold her in such high regard, guys. I feel like that's like just calling my mom. What's up, Jess? <laughs> so Katina, like welcome to the podcast. How you doing? I'm doing pretty good. And again, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Um, so it's exciting. I just wanted to you know say hi to all of the listeners and just let you guys know you guys are blessed and fortunate um Yvonne and Nate has you know they've been in my life for several years so I kind of wanted to share in this blessing with you with them okay and then give the listeners a little bit about yourself you told me you are a, a, a LCSW what exactly is that so um an LCSW is a licensed clinical social worker which means I deal with mental health uh, mental illness on a day-to-day basis um, you know, what the belief, with the belief that um, mental illness is something that can be overcome, um, as well as, you know, dealing with people just who just have life struggles and just need, you know, some assistance with getting through some struggles and, and things that have happened in their past that are, you know, kind of preventing them from living their best life. Okay. So I, I really can appreciate that because when we first started this platform, it was geared mostly towards leaders and entrepreneurs. In this new um, season that we're doing, we wanted to broaden the spectrum because we realized that not just leaders in entrepreneurship have life problems. Mm-hmm. And we wanted to, to really uh, create a space where people can come and get what they need to uh, for application for their everyday life. Now, the thing that I appreciate about what you do is that you are a licensed clinical social worker, but at the very same time, you pastor a church with your husband. Right. And you guys have been, this is something, you've been a a clinical social worker for 19 years, and you've been married for 25. How long have you pastored with your husband? Um, So we've been pastoring now, it looks like about 10 years. Okay. Yeah, like we, yeah, about 10 years. That's a long time. <laughs> Man, <laughs> you dealing with I don't it even think years. I've even counted it before. But yeah, like we, we've been, you know, pastoring um, ministry now for about 10 years. So so it's fair to say, and, and, and I'll just, let me put this delicately. I was about to say, you deal with jacked up people from every angle, but I don't think that's quite in the nature of it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm speaking in the right way. Let's just say it this way that we deal with people who are struggling like Mm -hmm. they've had you know challenges in their life and they're just not living their great their Mm -hmm. best or great life so you know in dealing with both people who are in the ministry and dealing with it from that perspective just trying to help people apply the bible and then in regards to mental health or mental illness i think we just deal with people who are struggling with their everyday lives and just want to make it better Um, and just figuring out how they can maneuver and change some of the things about themselves that'll make their life a little bit easier to live. And and that's why I wanted to have you on because when it comes to faith and how we approach mental health in the faith community, I see a divide. Mm -hmm. When outside of faith communities, people openly acknowledge that there is mental health deficiencies with individuals people openly acknowledge our need to take care of the mental part of ourselves that's not always the case 
when you come into faith communities, right. especially Christianity. Mm -hmm. When you come into faith communities, a lot of times, people who are outside of faith communities will say, you're using that faith as a crutch. Okay. So in other words, you're not dealing with your mental issues mm -hmm. and you're using your faith as a tool uh, or as a crutch in order to not deal with your mental issues. And so, and so that's kind of what I wanted to jump into, guys. That's the subject that we're, we're going to get into today is how do we merge those two worlds? Or is there a place where we should, should we be merging our faith and our mental health? Um, so, so what I wanted to do is ask you a little bit about in, in, your, in your career, I wanted to ask you what are some of the stigmas surrounding mental illness that you hear a lot within faith communities? That there's none. <laughs> That's probably one of the biggest stigmas is that, you know, if you're a Christian, then you shouldn't have, you know, mental health issues. Um, prime example, if you're a Christian, you shouldn't be depressed or you shouldn't be sad or you shouldn't worry or you shouldn't have anxiety. But that's just not reality. It's not authentic. Um, as a human, you know, you're going to struggle with that, with those things, whether you're of faith or not. So it doesn't change just because you're a Christian. I think the reality is, is when we're dealing with it from a Christian perspective, we just bring God in the midst of our mess, mm. you know? So it's allowing his word to be able to, you know, change your perception about the circumstances that you're dealing with. When we're dealing with people who are not in the church, um, the goal is still the same, trying to get them to change their perception about their circumstances, but also looking at, how they can take ownership and accountability for what it is that they're doing um, and how their own behaviors and their own thoughts and how their own emotions you know can affect the outcome of their situation so it's the same when you're dealing with someone in the church we are typically our worst enemy <laughs> and we are typically you know the that thing that keeps us from living that great life or that prosperous life whether it's christianity or not it really doesn't matter any faith, we tend to stand in our own way mm -hmm. um, of getting better and just, you know, living our best life. If I'm hearing you correctly, you're saying that one of the, the biggest stigmas within communities of faith is that because I have faith, this mental issue doesn't exist for me. It shouldn't. That's what the, the belief is, is that you shouldn't have okay. mental illness if you believe in, in, in God, if you believe in mm -hmm. Jesus. But the reality is that's why we have Jesus is because we're imperfect people. Mm -hmm. So you can't say that because mm -hmm. the Bible talks about fear. It talks about pride. It talks about anxiety. It talks about all of those things that get in the way of us being good Christians. Um, so the reality is, is those are everyday circumstances. Mm -hmm. Your emotions can absolutely put you in a situation where, you know, you're not living your best Christian life, but at the same time, without being a Christian, those same emotions or same struggles or same past, you know, things that you've endured mm -hmm. can Still do there. the same. Mm -hmm. it, it, so it doesn't matter. I just think that the Christian, the world or the, the world of faith you know, wants us to focus on the getting better or the application of mm -hmm. applying God's word. But the reality is, is that you have to be able to understand God's word and apply it, whether you're, you know, struggling with mental illness or just a struggle in general. Mm -hmm. So it really just depends on how people look at it, but it's a perception thing and, and, it, and it'll always be mm -hmm. a perception thing. Is it necessary then for someone 
who is has a faith, mm -hmm. um, it, it, is it necessary for them to be aware about mental health? Yes. Yes, because, for example, when you're talking about mental health, it's really just the degree that that mental illness is affecting your life. You understand what I'm saying? So, you know, you can have anxiety or you can worry about things that can turn into mental health or mental illness because if you allow that thing to affect you in such a way that you can't function at work, at school, you know, with your friends, in your family life, that's where it becomes a mental illness because now it's preventing you from being what you know you can be or what you want to be. Mm -hmm. Same thing with fear, same thing with depression. Those things come regardless of whether you're of faith or not. Mm -hmm. It just depends on the severity of how that thing is preventing you from living your best life. So really, I think I think what what I'm understanding it to be is mental illness is an equal opportunity infector. <laughs> so no matter what what you believe, no mm -hmm. matter whether you're a person of faith or even if you don't believe, every individual has to deal with the mental part of themselves, of their being. Absolutely. And when we do not deal with the mental part of our being, it will handicap us. Oh, without question. And so, and so what I hear you saying is that your faith can be something that assists you in, um, in your process of dealing with that mental um, illness or even mental depression, if you want to call it. Mm -hmm. But your faith is something that can assist you in taking care of your mental health. Correct. And so, yeah, I think I think that's dope. And I think that's important for people to know that, my, look, just because I have a faith doesn't mean that I get to ignore this part of my being, right? Because Correct. we're spirit, we're spirit, we're mind, and we're body. Mm -hmm. and, and and I think that one, one thing um, that's very important is that we know that, that we are spirit, soul, and body, mm -hmm. and not just taking care of my my health you know we we're millennials mostly millennials so you know we see a lot of people paying attention to the outer you know right. what i'm saying everybody wants to have the cute face everybody wants to put the filters on their instagram to make them look a certain way but are we paying attention to the state of our mental being but that's one of the things that i i, I see often mm -hmm. in my practice is that you know people allow outside forces to determine how they feel about themselves. Mm -hmm. So when you allow outside things to determine that, that can become a mental illness. Mm -hmm. For example, if you're struggling with what you look like and you want to be better or you have to put those filters on, why is it that your esteem is so low that you feel like you have to present a certain image for people to accept you? Mm -hmm. You are who you are without those filters. It doesn't change anything. Mm -hmm. When people see you in person, you don't look like that filter. Mm -hmm. So the reality is, is you're trying to put together an image which can absolutely destroy your mental 
health because now you're struggling in a mental illness because you're trying to be something that you're not it's going to affect your self-esteem so you know it, it really just depends on like i said at the beginning is it's the perception it's also looking at how these things affect the way you carry yourself how you think how you your emotions um how you behave all of those things can turn into a mental illness but it really just depends on the severity of it because mm -hmm. it, it doesn't it's not considered a mental illness until you've gotten to the point that it's affecting every part of your your life yeah i uh, took a psychology class last semester and one of the things i think i can't remember what the book is called with mm -hmm. all the mental disorders oh yeah the dsm5 <laughs> DSM <laughs> yes so, that's our bible yeah so, so you know within this book you know they were saying that there are countless uh, mental disorders yeah. However, and, and we targeted alcoholism, mm -hmm. right? I, I thought it was very interesting to learn that you can be a functioning alcoholic and not con be considered to have a mental disorder simply because the key word is your functioning Correct. in your alcoholism. Correct. But the minute that that alcoholism starts to affect your day-to-day -day life and how you're functioning in your relations, even if it's affecting people outside of you, right. it's not considered a mental disorder until it start a, starts to affect how you live your everyday life. Correct. Correct. And so I think that there are so many of us walking around, if, in some cases, more so people of faith than not. Mm -hmm. We are walking around with straight mental disorders because we cannot function in our everyday life. Correct. So give us give us some ways that we can identify like, ooh, that's me. Like, I'm not functioning. I think for me, there was a time where I wasn't dealing with my own mental health. Now, mm -hmm. now when I say this, people, this is BC. <laughs> this is not two weeks ago, okay? <laughs> but there was a time in my life where my my because I couldn't cope, because I couldn't function, I turned to drugs. I turned to alcohol as a means of coping and dealing. But in my real time everyday life, mm -hmm. I, I didn't see that as coping. I just saw that, hey, I like to have a good time. I like to do do whatever. So so how can we as we are analyzing our lives, because like I said, you could be a functioning alcoholic, mm -hmm. but you're still really having a mental disorder, but because you're still functioning, right. you know, it's not clinical. Right. You know? So what what how can we know um, if we are suffering from mental illness and masking it with self-medication? Right. So one of the things that I try to do with 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 my patients is look at your relationships. If you are unable to initiate and maintain a relationship that people are always walking away from you or trying to get away as fast as they can, that's a problem because we should all be able to be successful in three main areas. You're talking about play, right? Work, right? That you, you have to be able to present yourself where people can tolerate you um, without running away from you. So if you're not able to, and love. The third one is love. So if you're not in a very serious relationship where people can, you know, you're reciprocating that love and acceptance. If you're not able to play and you're not able to work, that's mental illness at its best because you have to be a well-rounded individual with all three of those areas 
are functioning mm-hmm. for you to be able to say that you're healthy mm-hmm. and you're living your best life. If any one of those areas are weak, then you you're struggling. Oh, and I think it's I think it's important to say that dysfunction being mm-hmm. able to recognize when those because somebody might be listening to this and be like well i got a man so that don't mean yeah, right exactly <laughs> and that don't exactly. mean he's happy either mm-hmm. and that doesn't mean that they're happy in their relationships when you see patterns emerge that you do this all the time that you're not trusting that you know you're jealous or you know those things tell you that this is not right if mm-hmm. this is the thing that breaks up your relationship often then there's a problem there there's a mental illness in that area that you're not able to maintain an appropriate relationship with Mm -hmm. somebody what do I mean by that you should be able to share your feelings your thoughts right Mm -hmm. your emotions with other people and that means that they can tell you how they feel so you're able to reason and negotiate a relationship without always having to have it your way right that's not healthy if it's all your way or no way that's that's not a relationship you're not functioning correct some part of your mental capacity is not functioning. it's not why because it's all about me Mm -hmm. me 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 Mm -hmm. me 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 when you're talking about a relationship it's us it's we Mm -hmm. it's how do Mm -hmm. we negotiate Mm -hmm. what it is that we Mm -hmm. have going on it can't just be about you and if it's all about you that that's an adolescent issue where you're talking about egocentrism what do i mean by that that's all about you Mm -hmm. adolescents struggle with that where they think the world rises and is centered around them that that's that's powerful that speaks to a a lot of what i said now that you're saying these things i'm like it's a lot of mentally ill people sick (laughs) well i I think it's interesting that because every time i think about mental illness i always look at the past Mm -hmm. like the reason why you are the way that you are is because something happened to you correct if i'm understanding correctly you can develop mental illness without question That's so crazy. what but what do you mean by that so take it even deeper so mm-hmm. when you say that what you're saying is this a child can be normal everything is good everything is okay something happens something drastic happens what normally happens is they're functioning 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 something happens and then they go left or right whichever way that is for them now their regular normal functioning is no longer because now they have to compensate for what was broken Mm -hmm. for whatever that was that hurt them Mm -hmm. so now you're not functioning on a normal capacity on how you see things how you see people how you experience people you may have developed a fear from there you may have you know developed a real bad trauma based on that so now you've broken what was already normal so if you don't handle that then then it becomes mental illness because it doesn't have to it doesn't have to result in mental illness unless it's not handled Mm -hmm. so if you don't deal with it from the onset of it happening and you know most people want to avoid things that hurt them and bother them Mm -hmm. and that's a normal response until you start to see that it's affecting you in such an you know abnormal way that you can't even have normal relationships even friendships it doesn't have to be a romantic relationship if your friends avoid you because you always complaining because you always gossiping there's an mm-hmm. issue with your, just your normal function and psyche and being able mm-hmm. to maintain a relationship so what would you say is the difference between someone that has some kind of mental deficiency or illness mm-hmm. versus someone who's just socially has no socially awkward well have no well either that or boundaries right 
But all of that happens the same way because you can have somebody who grew up in a household where they were not loved Mm -hmm. and they were not accepted. So you see them isolate themselves. They don't know how to receive love. And then you can also see somebody who grew up in a household who was very enmeshed. Everybody was in your business. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's just like you don't have any boundaries. You don't know how you don't know the appropriate level of boundary that's necessary to have, you know, a healthy relationship Mm -hmm. because you grew up in an environment where, you know, there was no privacy. Everybody was always in your business. So you you have to be able to balance the two with what is appropriate and how do you find that? You have to learn that based on your upbringing and you have to determine how do you now negotiate that with somebody who may not have that or who've never had that. So that's where that negotiation comes. Regardless of how you grew up, you have to recognize that not everybody has grown up the way that you have. So you have to be able to reasonably address whatever your perception is to see how can it balance off with somebody else who may be different than you. And I think for me, that's where I feel like the faith component comes in. Mm-hmm. I feel like not to not to say I have faith, so now I don't need to go see a clinical skilled, mm-hmm. you know, therapist. Right. But more so that every day, that's where your faith comes in because the the Bible I think is is such a misunderstood book. Mm-hmm. I think people use the Bible for um, condemning people right. for. Judging people for another mental illness, right? Mm -hmm. So I don't feel good about me. I don't love me. I don't like me. So I'm going, but I'm in this uh, religious context. Mm -hmm. I grew up in this religious context. So now let me use this book to judge other people and in that make my own self. Better. better right or perceived to or be, be better. you're right perceived right. to be this perfect person but i think um if people would use the bible for for what it is intended to be used for mm-hmm. that's where your faith comes into your mental health Correct. yeah you want to go see someone who is skilled and knowledge so that they can help you mentally like the same way i go to a doctor mm-hmm. i want to go see a therapist or a social worker However, they're not coming home with me. So I need something in my everyday life to be a line, to be a center by which I can base my perceptions on. The the, the print is in black and white. It's the same for everybody. Correct. No matter what our upbringing is, no matter what our trauma or not trauma, Mm -hmm. the the book is the same, right? right? How I read it will adjust what my I bring me bringing my circumstances my own personal situation to that text will uh adjust my perception correct so that I can deal with my individual issue on my individual level so I think that when where we talk about how faith meets mental illness or mental um, issues is by hey this is the standard by which I will adjust my perception to whatever it is I'm going through right and use your faith as a stepping stone to be able to be realistic Mm -hmm. you know about what the expectation is and, and what your life is supposed to be like you know we all are gonna be different mm-hmm. and, and that's just a given but at the same time you have to be able to have relationships 
you have to. We're supposed to love. We're supposed to be gentle. You know, we're supposed to be able to be people of faith. Mm -hmm. What does that mean that you can trust God to help you with whatever mm -hmm. it is that you're dealing with, whether it's heart disease or whether it's diabetes or whether it's depression or whether it's schizophrenia. Mm -hmm. You know, the reality is that you have to always be truthful mm -hmm. about what you're dealing with so that you can be, you know, with your eyes open and sober minded mm -hmm. about this is the circumstances. This is my authentic self. Mm -hmm. And regardless of faith or not, I can handle this situation or whatever that looks like. Sometimes it's being able to say, you know what? I am bipolar. My mood switches all the time. I need medication for that so that I can stabilize my mood. But if you're a Christian and, and you're in a place where you're hearing that you shouldn't struggle, then you're not going to do nothing Jesus about that. Because right. <laughs> Jesus is going to fix it. Jesus is going to come deal with my mental issues. But the reality is, is that there's sometimes that you have to be able to take medications like you would with diabetes mm -hmm. or, or, or heart disease in order for you to stabilize, to, in order to see where my deficiencies are. Mm -hmm. If you're running around with a headache every day and you dizzy, then, you know, they will say you need to go see a cardiologist. Same thing with your mental illness. If you can't have friends and you can't initiate and keep a relationship, you need to go see somebody about that. Yeah. <laughs> because yeah. that's not normal. Right. A normal mental health person should be able to negotiate a relationship and recognize it's not just about me. Mm -hmm. You know, there's other people involved in this relationship and I need to be able to negotiate that. Regardless of the severity of that mental illness. If you need medication, you need to go see somebody. If you need to speak to somebody about your deficiencies and what's not working, you have to be honest first mm -hmm. before you can go see somebody. You're not going to be able to do that unless you're honest about the situation. Yeah, I hear that. I want Jesus and my foot <laughs> i want jesus and my right mind yes That's, i hear that i hear that so when you talk about um managing a, managing your mind the management of your mind what tips can you offer people right now who are listening maybe somebody's listening that that feels like yo yo that's me like i have a, a mental issue mm -hmm. if not at the minimum and a mental illness in its at worst its day right mm -hmm. at its max and so what what would you advice would you offer to someone who is saying well where do i start what do i do um i'm i'm shy i don't i don't like people being in my business mm -hmm. where do i start to uh put the pieces together and and gain a proper perspective you know your family and your friends are will probably be the most honest with you you know not only do you do self-introspection and you and you check you mm -hmm. You have to check you with all honesty. Like you can't pretend and just say I'm good. Mm -hmm. Because relationships don't break because you're just good. That's just not. So being able to inwardly look and then also being able to get an honest perspective from those people that love you and being able to tell you whether you got some things that you need to work out because your jealousy might be an issue. You know, your fear might be an issue. Your pride might be an issue. But when we're going all the way to the mental illness capacity, you know, we're talking about you being so moody that people can't even stand being around you because they don't know what they're going to get today. You know, that that's that's bad. You know, that's not something that that's a normal relationship with people. Now, to say on the, on the other hand, if for example you find yourself in that place where you're getting 
feedback from your family and your friends, you're getting feedback from your coworkers, your colleagues, you know, you're getting, you're looking at yourself. Mm-hmm. Once you recognize that severity, you have to be honest and see if you really need the help from a professional or if this is something that you need to take to God in prayer. Um, so the severity is really where you go. You mentioned the DSM-5. That's what it measures. It's measuring the severity of whatever that is mm-hmm. that you're complaining about or whatever that is that your colleagues, your friends, your family is saying to you, this is something you might need to look at mm-hmm. um, because this is impacting and it's affecting our relationship. So it's important that we're able to be open and to be willing to look at where we are and measure. So is it fair to say if I was struggling or if I even think I'm struggling, or even if I think I'm good, I'm mm-hmm. perfect, I don't got no problems, would it, would it be fair to say every one of us can benefit from, number one, some self-reflecting, yes. being introspective about where we are mm-hmm. with an honest, point of view like mm-hmm. you know we can't photoshop it we yeah. can't can't put a filter on Cannot. it be like like i ate five gallons of ice cream last <laughs> month but you know today i only ate two like bro who eats two gallons of ice cream you might have an issue so like so is it fair to say that the first step would be for us to do some introspective work and and some self-reflecting work on ourselves absolutely and then ask someone that we trust because like when you were saying like you know you might want to look at the people around you i want i want our listeners to be clear like if your family jacked up and your family is the root of your dysfunction (laughs) right you you might not want to go to your family members to be like hey do you see anything in me i know for me i've come to you Mm -hmm. many of times and like, look, I just need to talk. Right. Let me know if you see something crazy, right. you know? So it may, it's, 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 we want you to be clear in that. We want to make sure that people know to go to someone who they can trust. Right. Not anyone that's going to injure them because sometimes honesty can be given to you in a way where it breaks you. It doesn't, it doesn't do what it was supposed to do. When you're having a truthful, honest conversation with somebody, you know, it's nothing wrong with telling the truth, but it's always in love. So the goal of that is to make them better not to break them. Right. So when you go to your family, your friends, make sure that you're speaking to somebody that you know has always loved you and supported you and you can receive, you know, that truthfulness from them that is hopefully going to make you better. But if you have a difficult time with feedback, then there's some self you just need to, stuff. Right. You need to skip, skip the family <laughs> and go straight to the, the person who can help you with your mental health. If right. you can't hear, no, everybody wrong. Yeah. Don't ain't nobody right. You the only person that's right. If that's you, <laughs> just skip the second part and go straight to step three. So what's step three? <laughs> you need to reach out, you know, to a professional because I think at that point is what you're in essence saying is that you're good. You know, mm-hmm. everything is good with mm-hmm. me. It's everybody else that got the problem. Mm-hmm. So when you look at that, is is it the whole world that's messed up and, and you the only good one? That's right. that's a problem. problem right. You know, so your name ain't Jesus. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's no perfection in mm-hmm. us in mm-hmm. that way. You know, mm-hmm. we all have faults, you know, faults and things that you know that we struggle with. So in essence, when you're going to a clinician, you still have to be able to hear the truth and be able to look at you know the truth because those piercing questions that they ask Mm -hmm. they're really to get you to look at 
What has been your history that would create such a problem for you now that you can't function and maintain healthy relationships? And sometimes it is mental illness where you absolutely need medication and that's always on the far end but then you you may just have to look at you know what parts and patterns are you constantly repeating that are creating these circumstances where you can't you know you can't function as just a, a normal human so the, you know the reality is is look at yourself be honest about where you are um that next piece is if you have trusted family and friends then you get their opinions about the things that you're struggling with but if you can't have that then you need to go Go right on over to seeking a professional to be able to help you deal with some of that stuff because sometimes you really do need a professional to be able to walk you through some things. And and so I think one, one last question that I have, Nate, I don't know if you have anything, but one last question that I have is how do we know when we found the right professional? Mm -hmm. Because I can remember going to an office um, to deal with my issues and this lady just wasn't right for me. She was not culturally right for me. <laughs> she wasn't. Uh, she didn't speak my language. Mm -hmm. She didn't speak to me. I felt more like I was um, another number on right. a piece of paper. I didn't connect with her at all. Right. And I think I was, when I met you back in 2009 maybe, mm -hmm. I was in a room with you for maybe an hour. And I had this bubbling up on the inside of me. Like, I did not know her. And, and that was the same night I met you. So I met my husband and I met my therapist. <laughs> That's the same room. <laughs> Ain't it good? <laughs> Praise is high name. So, so, but within minutes, I, I knew that I needed to talk to you and just tell her intimate details about my life that I hadn't shared with anyone. And so how do you know when you found that professional or when you have that family member? What? How do we indicate that we're in that safe place to be able to open ourselves up and essentially uh, expose ourselves? Boundaries. <laughs> you know, one of the things is when, when you're talking about um, engaging in a relationship with the professional it's imperative that you have that initial mm -hmm. comfort mm -hmm. you know that I'm, i you have to feel safe in order for you to be able to verbalize things that are that intimate mm -hmm. like you, you have to know that this person you know has your back is mm -hmm. going to tell you the truth is going to be able to walk you through those steps and you can figure that out within the first few minutes of meeting somebody Absolutely. whether you're going to you know whether that relationship is going to be able to forge forward so don't underestimate what you feel initial you know that first initial meeting with people can be oh, okay I like her I, you know I feel like I can talk to her I'm comfortable with her um, judgment you know you know can you honestly say that you can speak whatever you need to without judgment so having somebody who you can trust that you can you know they give you a safe and nurturing environment and they nurture you being truthful about whatever you're struggling with so that they can help you forward that's very important so don't ever ignore I, I don't I'm not comfortable so so my 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 mental can have an issue mm -hmm. but I still at the end of the day need to be able to trust my own heart absolutely That's because true. because the reality is is without being able to trust your own heart and you just move forward you're gonna get broken because now you you you're not even at a place where you can trust your own internal clocks going ding 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 stop 
So you have to be able to understand initially your spirit will be able to tell you if this is the right person for you because you're going to instantly feel like mm-hmm. i'm good i felt compelled y'all it was like <laughs> it was like that movie i compel you better i just was like i don't even know this this lady this is crazy and i was like um excuse me i believe that i'm, I'm supposed to tell you that uh and we've been we've been together ever since, y'all. <laughs> we still together. Now I, I know of a, a pastor of a one of a mega church, mm-hmm. and uh, he he shared the fact that he had um, hired uh, a professional clinical therapist um, that's pretty much guiding him, you know, through his. I mean, they're doing work together. Sure. You know, so he, you know, he, they sit down to have a plan of action. They go through the whole thing of what's necessary for him. What is, what are his triggers, everything. And basically it seems like he's just another part of his team. Yes. Um, and I wanted to ask you, what do you think? Cause when you think about, you know, years and years and years ago, the only person who had like a, 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 a physical trainer was you know was you know people who had money rich mm-hmm. people you know mm-hmm. and then it kind of trickled down now everybody has a personal trainer you know <laughs> except uh, for me <laughs> <laughs> well the ax I, I guess access if uh-huh. you want one you, you can get you one. can get one <laughs> look i need my body right i need a personal trainer my know? personal trainer be on standby <laughs> i'll be like no i don't need you for the next six months i'm gonna ride I'm like... <laughs> so so what what do you see as far as because you know in a situation again he He's a, a pastor of a mega church. He obviously has the the access to be able to have somebody on standby, like mm-hmm. in that capacity. Now, you know, in in the context that we've been talking about mostly is if you look like you have a serious issue, go get help. Right. So when, how realistic do you think it is for normal people? to be able to have somebody that's part of their, if I can say like that team, mm-hmm. that they can go to on a, on a regular basis. Right. I, I have my banker. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, if you regular, if you regular, you, you, don't have have have, yeah, you might not have no banker. You might have a bank account. <laughs> you ain't got no banker. <laughs> so how realistic it is for someone to, well, well, I guess two part, how realistic is it and then how important is it, how imperative is it? So, okay, so in regards to realistic, most clinicians are very receptive to working with people of all backgrounds, regardless of their socioeconomic background. So, you know, they do all kinds of sliding scales. You know, the reality is, is if you're willing to do the work, um, that clinician will be able to work with you with whatever it is that you can pay. There's nothing that you're gonna get in life that should be free. If you're gonna work for it, then the reality is, is you're gonna put the investment behind it. You are worth every penny. I don't care if it's $5 per session. The reality is that you should be able to meet with the therapist that's gonna be able to work with you financially about where you are um, when it comes down to should they be a part of your team absolutely because the reality is is that you have to be able to take care of those emotions and those thoughts because they impact your behavior whether you want to believe it or not if you're thinking about it 
you're going to have a reaction and nine times out of 10, you're going to respond based on how you feel and what you were thinking. Now, the reality is, is not everybody looks for that, but I would hope after listening to this podcast that people will understand that talking about your feelings and understanding where your emotions and how all of those things tie in together, that they absolutely impact how you behave and, and how you can manage relationships or not able to manage. If you're not in, in connection with your feelings, I can guarantee you right now your relationships aren't healthy because you just, you're, you're unable to, to cope effectively when you're not able to discuss how you feel and, and, and how you perceive and think about things because everybody's not going to think the way you do and they're not always going to feel the way you do. So if you can't negotiate that, then you need to have somebody, you know, that you can talk to about it. So. You know, I, I think maybe I might be biased <laughs> because I'm a therapist, but I think everybody should have, you know, that person that they can go to and to be extra honest, um, but gentle, right. you know, concerned and caring to walk you through whatever that is. And the, and the person that's going to be truthful about asking you those real questions. How is this affecting your life? And, and are you okay mm-hmm. with where you are? Because just because you're functioning doesn't mean you're okay. I agree 100%. <laughs> okay. Like if I'm going to pay, um, I go to see a doctor, right? Mm-hmm. Once a year. I go to see a dentist every right. six months or so. Um, if if Even if my teeth are perfect, pearly white, I right. still go see them at least once a year. Mm-hmm. My optometrist, I go see my optometrist once a year. And again, focusing on all of the outer, the physical body, but do we put that same effort into our mental health? And if the answer is no, then I think that's your your invitation. You know, that's the invitation. If you need permission, you here, I'm giving you permission. Everybody should be getting their mental health checked on at very minimum at least once year. Pastor Kenny, I'm overdue for a session. You know that it's funny that you would say that because now when you go for your regular physicals, Mm -hmm. that's one of the things that the doctors have been asked, Mm -hmm. you know, to to now initiate conversations with people about their mental health. Because so many times people are struggling with just the physical, right? If you're stressed out and you're worried, nine times out of ten, your blood pressure going to be high, your sugar going to be off, like you're, you're going to be struggling in your physical body when the onset of it really is that you're, you're struggling in your mind. Yeah. So when your mind is not right, the body follows. Right. If you're stressed out and you're worried, I'm telling you, your body's going to follow. You're going to be eating too much or you're not going to eat at all. You're not going to be able to sleep or you're sleeping too much. Mm-hmm. There's so many different things that happen to our physical body because our minds aren't right. So really, we should get those physical checkups once a year and get those mental checkups like twice a, every <laughs> yeah. quarter. Go every quarter. You need to go talk to somebody right. about that. Just text them. Yeah. Am I okay? Do this sound. <laughs> I'm going to send you about five text messages. You tell me what you see in here. <laughs> All right, guys. This has been an amazing episode. I could sit here with Katina all day long, but we only have about an hour in our show. Nate, anything you want to say to the people before we wrap, we wrap it up? No. You don't want to reveal your intuition. <laughs> <laughs> he don't want to expose himself right now. Okay, don't 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 reveal, don't expose. 
Hold yourself in the in the podcast. It's all good, guys. This has been an amazing episode. We appreciate you guys tuning in. As always, you could have done anything anywhere with anyone, but you chose to spend this time with us, and for that, we are truly grateful. Before we get out of here, guys, I just want to make sure that everybody heard what was said here on the podcast today. If you uh, are, are questioning your mental health, if you have any any concerns about your mental health, there are three indicators that you can look to to find out if, if I'm having issues. And those are the areas of your relationships. Katina, please correct me if I'm wrong, mm-hmm. but I, I heard you say your relationships, your work, and the way you love. Absolutely. And if you're finding that you're struggling in any three of those areas, it is an indicator that you, at at minimum, need to be talking with someone that you trust about these issues and, and, and seeing um, where you're maybe falling short or what you can do better to address those issues and at the, at the, at the maximum, uh, go and seek help from a professional who can help you with your mental health. Mental health is important, guys, not only for you as an individual, but it is also important for those who you impact on an everyday basis. And as we heard in the podcast, you don't have to be a person of faith to receive or reject uh, making sure that you're keeping up with your mental health. Your faith is not a reason to avoid your mental health. It is actually the thing that helps you keep your mental health in balance and stable. So, so Pastor Katina, can you just give us a couple of resources to take for the people to take home? And guys, we'll make sure that these resources are listed in the description of the podcast. So if you need them, they'll be there also. Um, but if you could just give us uh, maybe one or two um, now here for the people, and then we'll make sure we have some resources, guys, uh, for you to, to make sure if they... If they um, They've gone through that process of self-reflection and either they've gone through the process of, of, of speaking with someone that's close to them in their immediate circle that they, they trust and still need the extra help or they need to skip part two altogether and go straight to step three. Where can where can we send them? Uh, one of the things is, I guess, if, if people are really struggling with, you know, suicidal thoughts or something like that, I think one of the things that they need to have the number two is the National Suicide Prevention Hotline. Um, that number is 1-800-273-8255. Um, if they're local and, and, and they need help, one of the things that I always give my patients is the number to 211. Um, um, and the reason why that number is important is because it connects you to different types of, mm-hmm. you know, professionals that can help you, whether it's a psychologist or a psychiatrist. Um, sometimes it's just a, th- a mental health therapist, or they can also have mental health professionals that deal mainly only with mental illness. But a, a regular licensed clinical social worker can deal with any situation. It's not just mental illness. Um, so that's definitely the the two things that I would tell them right away. Um, the third. Thing Thing that I would want them to do is um, to contact their their providers, which is their regular doctors. They can absolutely their insurance companies as well can direct them to um, any kind of um, mental health professional that they need. Their regular insurance, their own um, 
MDs can, can direct them there as well. And if they call their own insurance companies, they can connect them to anybody who can help them with uh, any of their mental illness. Awesome. That's mm-hmm. awesome. So that's great to know. You don't have to go find anybody. You can go straight to 211. You can go straight to your primary care physician, or you can go directly to your insurance company and you can get the help you need. Well, guys, we're bringing this episode to a close. So until the next time we all meet together on the Authorized Move podcast, please feel free to uh, hit us up on IG at It's Your Girl Yvonne. You can reach out to Pastor Katina if you would like to talk with her in a pastoral context. You can reach her on Facebook at True Gospel Fellowship. They have a page there. Also, uh, you said you have an email if they want to reach you for... Uh Uh-huh, katinathompson72 at gmail.com. All right. So uh, if you need an assessment or if you find that you need extra additional resources, please feel free to reach out to her at her email. We want to make sure that you stay connected and we want to make sure that you stay plugged in. So please... Go to any platform where you are streaming this podcast and hit like. And then after you hit like, hit subscribe. We want to hear from you. So feel free to leave us comments. We would love to hear from you. Until the next time on the Authorized Move podcast, peace.